All right, well, welcome uh, to another edition of the Tony D Podcast. We have so much to get into. Um, I tested positive for COVID. We got the Pacers and what they're going to do this week with the NBA draft coming up and the trade deadline. Colts with a big win and another huge task coming up. The NCAA tournament bubble uh, is could be could be here in the Circle City of Indianapolis. Going to talk about that, what that can entail. But um, as always, brought to you by Flooring is Forever, 317-755-1246. If you're looking for high-quality flooring with a lifetime warranty, then 100% kid-proof, waterproof, and pet-proof Cortec flooring is the way to go with beautiful options from wood to tile looks. A built-in cork backing creates an extra layer of insulation, easy to clean, and won't stain. Get a hold of Hartley today, 317-755-1246. So, uh, yeah, I posted this on Twitter and uh, it's not my Sharona, but I got the Corona. Um, so I was notified from somebody at work on Thursday that I had been in contact with somebody who has tested positive. And, and really all last week I was feeling slightly under the radar, uh, ran, was running a little hot, had a sneeze and a little bit of a cough. But, but really I, I didn't chalk it up to anything more than just the changing of the season type of cold. You know, Monday it was 74 here in Indianapolis, and it was down to 48 and back into the early, you know, the early 60s over the weekend. So um, went and got a test on Friday. The testing now is much more smoother than it was when I had to take a test back and forth in July. They're not ramming anything down your nose. They literally just come around and swipe one nostril, swipe the next, and you're gone. I mean, it's the system's a little flawed because it's a lottery, at least where I went to an urgent care where you pull up and you got to call. And uh, the two people that pulled in after me were gone before I was. So you're just kind of waiting to call in, waiting for an answer. So um, if you do need to go get a test at one of those minute clinics, I would urge you to to find the number, uh, give them a call before you go and try to get on that waiting list before you cruise on up there. Therefore, you kinda, you're not wasting your own time. So um, got a call Monday evening that I had tested positive. The health department uh, has called. I've called back, have not heard back. So I'm sure there'll be a, que- uh, um, a bunch of questions there. But I, I informed my work of the positive test and the places that I have been, people I've been around. So, um, you know, I don't want people to think that I haven't taken this virus seriously because I most certainly have. Um, if, if you've listened to my podcast consistently, uh, you've known that one of my best friends had it uh, right early on when this started in March, and I was on quarantine then. Uh, I wear a mask everywhere I go. I continuously use hand sanitizer, and I, I do take this seriously. And um, it's unfortunate that I got it, but fortunately, my my symptoms have, have been mild so far. Uh, I think I am on the down end of it. Um, knowing that, you know, Friday I definitely had it. And I don't know where I am now. I'm about 10 days past when I thought I was exposed. So, um, no, but I, I've definitely taken it seriously. But, but, but there's a part where it's like, okay, you know what? I've got it. I'm going to be fortunate, hopefully, that I make it out uh, unscathed. And, and, and then I know that, that I've had it. And um, I think somebody mentioned I can donate plasma for like a couple hundred bucks a pop or something. So we might be doing that. But, um, no, just... Um, I, I, I've, I've done my job. I've, I've lived my life like I, um, normally would really. And, and just happened to be at a work event that somebody, somebody, you know, probably didn't know. And I don't think people are obviously out there intentionally spreading it. So, um, not mad. It, it, it is what it is. I luckily, 
you know, I was kind of waiting for that phone call Monday night because I wanted to go play basketball because I, you know, I knew that like last week when I played, I was a little, 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 running a little hot. But again, I live on a third floor of an apartment and it was 74 degrees outside. So I was a little sweaty at night, but I didn't think it was anything out of the realm of normalcy. So with that being said, uh, I have tested positive and we'll just see where this goes from here. Uh, let's get to some sports. Where do we want to start? This NCAA tournament uh, bubble here in Indianapolis is very intriguing to me. As you know, it's the Indy 500 number one for me and then March Madness number two when it comes to my favorite sporting events um, of the year when it's obviously a normal year. So one, they're talking about a bubble. I'm sure you read up on this where they're going to bring all 68 teams here to play the NCAA tournament and here being Indianapolis where I am based where I live. I don't believe as of right now they're going to allow fans. I think that kind of takes away from the aspect of it being a bubble, even though you know you could probably pot off some fans in some of these arenas. Uh, but again, you're going to want to have friends and immediate family of these players and coaches there, so they may take up uh, the majority of where the fans would be. So uh, as far as venues go, I think you could make an argument and make it work to have probably three to four courts inside of the convention center. Really, all you need is a 94-foot court with benches, a score stand, proper lighting, two baskets, a ball, and then you got to have the proper internet capabilities to have radio broadcast, have TV broadcast. So I do think the convention center is certainly a place where you could see three to four type makeshift courts in a bubble type setting. And I think the NCAA will, will be talking with the NBA to kind of pick their brains on how they, they made it happen down in Orlando. Baker's Life Fieldhouse, let's call that a fourth court. Uh, the, the fairgrounds, let's call that a fifth court. And let's call a sixth court to uh, Hinkle Fieldhouse. Uh, Hinkle Fieldhouse, I think, will be utilized with the fact that it is the, what, the only Division One basketball gym here in the Circle City of Indianapolis. I know a lot of people have mentioned, well, why not go up to Bloomington? Why not use uh, Purdue, maybe even Ball State? You know, that's all within an hour. Let's call it an hour 15 of downtown Indianapolis. But I think the point of a bubble is just to have people inside of this bubble to where you are controlling the, let's say, five to six hotels that they would use. They maybe even utilize some dorm rooms, maybe on Marion University or UND or IEPUI's campus. So I think the bubble, you want to stay right here in the Circle City. So if you can have four courts at the at excuse me downtown at the Convention Center, you can have the fifth at Banker's Life, the sixth at Hinkle, and the seventh court at the Fairgrounds. You then have a big court for the Final Four inside of Lucas Oil Stadium. I think that's when you start getting into the conversations of maybe a Southport Fieldhouse, maybe Tech High School, maybe... Um, you know, Warren Central, Ben Davis, to where you can utilize these high school courts as practice facilities. And look, I know high school courts are not the same size as um, NCAA basketball courts, but I mean, how many times do you see NBA teams going to practice at a nearby college? It's really just the fact you've got rims to do it and you've got, you know, you've got a place to run your motions and stay in shape and to get shots up. So um, I think those are the venues that you can see used. Therefore, you, you know the workers that are going to be inside of those places, whether it's some security that you would need and just event workers, and you keep those people type in a bubble to either say you're going to stay in this hotel and this is where you're going to be if you're an outsider from out of town or 
hey, uh, you know, you could go home, but make sure you don't go anywhere else. And you're getting you're constantly getting your temperature checked and probably a covid test once a week for everybody to get through. Um, you know, the, the three week process of the NCAA tournament, which I believe can be dense, condensed. I mean, I think you can run, you know, the regular first weekend and narrow it down to six to 16 teams. And, and, and then maybe instead of waiting until the following Thursday, you started on Tuesday or Wednesday and maybe you just condense the tournament a little bit so that everybody can get out of the bubble once they, um, have been eliminated. So uh, uh, super intriguing as far as venues go. I don't see having fans, especially the way at the rate that the virus is going right now. Uh, I, however, would I am intrigued by the logistics of where these teams will stay. I mean, you've got probably plenty of open dorm rooms. Uh, you can use IUPUI if you need to. You can use Marion University, UND for practice facility types. Uh, you could probably even use, like I said, Ben Davis High School Tech, maybe even Attics close to downtown. I mean, really for practice facilities, anywhere that is a, is a gym would be sufficient for these teams just to get shots up, just to uh, game plan and have places, hopefully inside of these hotels, uh, makeshift type film rooms that, that each team can use uh, and, and have an hour or two to go over film. Obviously, that can be done probably inside of these hotel rooms as as well. So, um, hey, I'll help work it. I'll volunteer. I, I don't think I can get it twice. So I've got it now. So you really don't have to worry about me. So if anybody listening from the Sports Corp or the NCAA uh, needs a volunteer or, or, or needs somebody to do some work, I would absolutely love it. So um, like I said, I guess uh, one of the blessings in disguise about me getting the virus, besides just having minor symptoms and, and seemingly to be okay, is I don't think you can get it twice, so I don't have to really worry about in you know giving it to anybody else, especially with the holidays coming around. Um, I have an 86 year old grandfather at home. I'm looking forward to seeing, and hopefully, even though there's a big shutdown in Seattle, Washington, that's where uh, my dad's side of the family is, and they will be coming in hopefully uh, the week before Christmas, which is crazy because I haven't seen uh, my dad or my brother or a lot of my family on that side since. Uh, uh, for for a long time, for almost a year and a half, almost even two years for some of them. So, um, yeah. So with that being said, I hope everybody has a great holiday. We'll have some more uh, of these podcasts throughout the holiday season. Uh, let's let let's jump on over to the Colts and their big Thursday night win against the Titans. I, I was very concerned about this four game stretch at home against Baltimore, on the road against Tennessee. Green Bay comes to town this weekend, and then Tennessee again. I thought there was a very good chance of them going 0-4. Right now they sit 1-1. I was super impressed with the bounce back on short-term notice. You know, losing Sunday in the fashion you did to the Ravens where you kind of dominated that first quarter and a half, and then a Jordan Taylor fumble just kind of set everything into a landslide. Baltimore wins that thing 21-10. A huge bounce back for the Titans uh, and, 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 and a win in Nashville. Huge for the Colts. Um, you know, the running attack, Naeem Himes, was huge. This is a team that almost reminds you of, I know I probably go back to this team a lot, but but that Bears team that lost to the Colts in a Super Bowl where you had a quarterback that just don't do too much. Just just do what you have to do. Complete the passes you have to. 
Um, you know, Philip Rivers is not a mobile quarterback, so he's pretty much playing in a box and throwing off of his back foot. But if he can make the short dink and dunk throws that they need, this team right now I think is built to win off of their defense and their rushing attack, which which will be good against the Packers because the defense is going to have to slow down Aaron Rodgers, get him on the move, get him feeling uncomfortable, put him on his ass a few times, uh, and and eliminate what Devontae Adams can do uh, from the Packers' standpoint. And, and the Packers will allow you to run the football. So I think the Colts will have success running the football. I think this game is a little bit closer than what I thought it would be, let's say, a week and a half ago, maybe coming off of that Baltimore loss. Uh, I think the Colts have a chance to win it, but the Packers are 7-2, and two, the number one team in the NFC right now. So you know that they're going to come in here and look to get a big victory as well. So the Colts just really need to eliminate what Aaron Rodgers can do and establish that run game early. And I, I think this is a... 28-24 type game that, that, that as long as Phillip Rivers doesn't you know have turnovers and they can protect the football, the Colts certainly have a chance uh, to win this game. Uh, Masters over the weekend was awesome to see Dustin Johnson win it. We just saw the emotion, which not really emotional guy. He just kind of keeps an even till on the court or on the on the field. And that's what he said. You know, he, he said on the course, I know how to keep it bottled up. I know how to keep it, you know, on the straight and narrow. Uh, but just to see him win, obviously he's a winner on and off the course. Uh, but to be able to just dominate, I mean, I I saw it on Friday. I just didn't think anybody was going to touch this guy, and and he had a little bit of a hiccup on on Sunday early on in the round. But uh, for him to do what he did and pull away for the victory, I was just uh, I was I was I was happy for Dustin Johnson uh, winning the Masters, and and for us golf fans that really enjoyed it like I did and have, uh, they get to do it again in what five months. So April will be here before we know it. Trust me, it's just. Well, I think we're just trying to get through 2020 and into 2021, and hopefully greener pastures um, are on the other side. All right, the Pacers, you got the draft coming up, all the rumors, the back and forth of Victor Oladipo and the Indy Star report saying that he wants out and he wants to go join a playoff team. And he was asking people, hey, can I come Can, can I come join you? Can I come play with you? And then Victor kind of comes out, and, and, and his mother, I think, on Twitter was saying how that was ridiculous. Um, you know, I'm not really sure who to believe. I, I do give Victor the benefit of the doubt because he is a quiet, um, kind of keep to himself type guy. Uh, with that being said, I, I also don't blame him if he looks and says, okay, this team is not going to be a contender and I maybe only have two to three years left in my career coming off of this injury and I might not ever be the same. So I need to go make as much money as possible, even though the money is here uh, in, in Indiana and playing in Indianapolis. Uh, maybe he wants to be a, a Robin somewhere that he can win an NBA championship over his last maybe two, three, four seasons because I think that's about what he has left. Um, you know, the, this Pacer team is still a good team. As we talked about, Nate Jorglin is going to have a, have a great opportunity to, you know, it's either going to be one or two things. Either he's going to be this big mastermind basketball coach that is going to get the Pacers deep into the playoffs or this is going to fail. It's I don't think you're going to see any in between. I don't think you're going to see – Oh, this team again is the eighth seed, and they're going to get the nineteenth pick in the draft, and and draft some white guy that nobody's ever heard of. That's never going to pan out. Uh, they don't have anything going on in this draft. They've got the fifty fourth pick. Maybe they trade up to get an early, you know, early second round pick. Uh, and you look at uh, who's the guy from Marquette who's a big time scorer. His name is uh, his name slipping my mind right now. Uh, but I, I think it'll be a boring, a relatively boring draft night for the Pacers. You know, I, I kind of talked about, well, can you package Victor and Miles and send them to Golden State to possibly get that second pick? Or I think it's a second pick or try to get a top five pick. It'll be Toppin guy is the guy that came to mind. Uh, because this team, I mean, it, it is the reality of the situation. They've got some decent trades 
you know, acquiring Victor Oladipo, getting Demonis Sabonis and what he has developed into. But Malcolm Brogdon, I still think that was a good trade last year, giving up your first-round pick if he can stay healthy. Uh, getting Warren for cash considerations was a steal. Uh, but but they, they really have failed in the, in the draft, and I think the only way that this team is going to be able to uh, be a championship contender for a brief period of time is going to be having a good draft pick, and you can't do that by being you know, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth in the Eastern Conference. You've got to be that bottom three and, and, and get lucky in the lottery. But this team just proves that it's just good enough to not be in the lottery, but not good enough to advance in the NBA playoffs. So hopefully that changes. We'll see what happens with Victor. Uh, make sure that your Woj alerts are set. Uh, we uh, all know somebody on Twitter that will get duped by a fake Woj story of Victor Lodipo being traded for James Harden or, or something uh, wild along those lines. Uh, so make sure that your Woj uh, notifications are turned on so that you can get all the trades. We've already seen CP3 going to Phoenix. It looks like um, James Harden is trying to make his way to uh, Brooklyn to play for the Nets. So that'll be interesting to see. We've got some great college football going on in the state of Indiana. Luckily with COVID, I mean, I think the only thing worse than, than, than getting COVID is having to sit through that Bears-Vikings game. I've got some action coming up the next two nights. It should be a good Thursday night football game between the Cardinals and Seahawks. And, you know, just just you got to look at the college football that's being played in Indiana right now. And, and I don't think that IU is going to go into Ohio State and win. But I think if you keep it close, it shows that, hey, we're not the IU teams of the past that – have a lot of hype and get a lot of people excited just to just to tail off and and disappoint you by dropping three of the last four games. I think this IU team is a lot better than what we've probably have ever seen as far as IU football teams go. And I'm I'm 30, 32 years old, so um, you know I I don't really remember the the Peach Bowl of the early nineties. So kudos to IU. Keep it close with Ohio State. Prove that you can play on the big stage. You'll have another big contest with with Wisconsin coming up. Who's going to be looking to blow people out to get inside of that? Uh, college football playoff top four so some tough weekends coming up for IU I still don't think Purdue's a bad team they're going to make a bowl uh, one because everybody's eligible and two I think they'll win enough games to um, find themselves in in, in a decent okay middle of the road bowl which with Rondell Moore and and, and DJ Bell and some of the injuries and guys not playing I think you take that Ball State's a really good football team I think they're going to go on a winning streak here they dropped their first game of the season uh in very close fashion on CBS Sports Network. If you remember that, I think it was two Wednesdays ago. I think, and, and then obviously Notre Dame. Notre Dame just sets himself up for that ACC championship game. I thought Ian Book uh, played really well under pressure against Boston College in what, what was called a trap game against a former Notre Dame quarterback. They found themselves down early, came all the way back for a dominating victory. Um, and, and really Notre Dame is just setting themselves up to, to not take any dings, stay healthy, and get to the Dr. Pepper ACC championship game to where you're facing yet again Clemson this time with Trevor Lawrence and that's a win to get in type situation for both teams so a lot of great college football being played in the state of Indiana a lot of great um, NFL being played we got high school football hopefully that I know a lot of students a lot of most of the schools in the state I think have gone to e-learning so uh, I think we know Center Grove is going to be your 6A state champion but but Ben Davis is playing very well uh, I had Ben Davis's first game of the sectional and they've really turned their season around after I think a three and five record, um, I think that they are six and five now. But Center Grove is just a really, really, really good football team, and it's one of the best I've seen out of Eric Moore. So, uh, looking forward to the state championship. Another year, I'll be on the sidelines, not doing anything for it. So, 
Um, I'll be enjoying the broadcast probably, hopefully from the comforts of my home and hopefully with some family coming up um, already next week. So uh, have a great Thanksgiving. We should have a podcast on Monday. Hopefully I'm back to the negative side of things on COVID and feeling good, feeling great, uh, feeling okay now. So we'll just keep rolling. Thanks for listening. Stay healthy, stay safe, have a great holiday season. Um, and we'll just continue to talk. Thanks to Flooring is forever for supporting the Tony D podcast.